The I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Well, here we are, podcast pals, and we're going into our second month of Corona. Jeez. Oh, yeah, it's been. When was the lockdown day here? Pretty much for me when the bars closed. Well, yes, but <laughs> which was what Saturday the fourteenth? Yeah, uh, Sunday the fifteenth. Sunday the fifteenth. About that, right? Wow. Before that, we were doing that 50% kind of spacing out a little bit. And... Yeah. Wow, it's been a month? It's yeah, been a month. it has been. Yeah. It's crazy. This is, the is that wow, it's been a month like it's only been a month, or wow, it's like already been a month? I can't I believe know. it's been a month, and I thought I would have done everything I ever wanted to get done. I thought I would be done with it. This is when they feel like it's been about four months. I know, like I opened my junk drawer and still full of junk a month later. How could that be true? You've squandered all of this time. I haven't. (laughs) I haven't either. I feel sometimes like, uh, you know, I'm catching up, but I don't feel like I'm, I think I'm still way behind from months of neglect of. Now I feel Zoom party pressure, Zoom meeting pressure. (laughs) Yes, next week we're going to have a junk drawer inspection on camera. And uh, we'll there see how the progress is going. By the way, this is the 41st I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Wow. Right on. And uh, we have up in the uh, upper left-hand corner, oh, yes, we've got Brad Fur, our Gay Desert Guide comedian. Shan Carr is a co-host and a community activist. And, God, she's got the best hair of the group today. Oh, by far. She did her hair today. Yeah. And, and the guy would notice. And next to Shankar, we have the lovely, talented, vivacious, bubbly, and effervescent, and wicked smart, Dr. Laura Rush, who oh. is joining us on the leadoff of every one of these podcasts during <laughs> lockdown. I think it's the, one the way. other other direction. I don't know where it is. I, She's done the I, other way. And you're looking down, da, 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 da. It's the story of a lesbian named Shan. Who? All right, just kiss in the uh, opposite direction, and you're good. And Jimmy, you can look up. Yeah, Jimmy, you look up. You're you're Bobby or Cindy. <laughs> no, wait, I don't have any panties on. Don't look up. Don't look up. <laughs> For the people listening to trauma. they're wondering what the hell is going on. But below uh, uh, the, the stack of, of friends uh, we have at the bottom, Jimmy Bogle, who is the Coachella Valley Independent uh, Publisher and Editor-in-Chief and has been joining us uh, on these podcasts during lockdown, and we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, we always start with Dr. Laura Rush with a Good morning. report card on how we're doing. You know, yesterday I, I tuned into the uh, Riverside Department of Public Health. They had their own meeting that they were broadcasting live. And I, I don't want to say it's a rosy outlook, but I, I, I dare say that it was a little bit more positive than I've heard them be Good. in the past couple of weeks. So the they keep pushing back that talk of the surge which I, I've been saying for the past few weeks, I don't think we're really going to be impacted so much out here in Coachella as much as the rest of the county will be. But they, they don't think it's going to be that bad anymore. They don't think we're going to get as hammered. Um, right now, the hospitals are at 50, the beds are at 50% capacity. They've done that by canceling all elective surgeries just to keep the hospitals prepared. You know, people aren't going out. People aren't getting hurt. So they're not in the ERs and flooding because they're they're just not out doing stupid stuff, so to speak. You know, they're not falling off mountains and falling off mountain bikes. So everyone's staying okay. But they're keeping the hospitals empty, which is nice. And 
we're just not seeing it. And I think all of those measures we have been taking, the staying at home, the wearing the masks in public, the not being out at the grocery store, you know, three, four times a week, all of those things are helping. So I, I posted today and you guys can share it later too. Yep. I put a picture of our graph. We're still, Riverside's still going up and Coachella just a little bit. And, but I think the numbers that we're seeing, a lot of them are, are nursing home numbers. And that's, yeah. that's what's being impacted the most right now. Laura, so I what I think to, we're okay. Laura, I wanted to um, also go back to a post that you did. You, you, um, uh, let's talk about Michigan and some of the states with all these yahoos in it. So, you know, we're doing, we think, we think we're doing all the right things in trying to flatten the curve. Yeah. Their mindset is you're, you're eating into our liberties and you're yeah. screwing with our ability to have commerce and to do all these things and screw it we're just going to go out and protest that it's so maddening to me and yeah that, i don't understand it's it's so weird but you know that comes from the top leadership they've got a democratic governor who's doing a great job and is trying to put all these measures in place but then we have a president who doesn't give us any leadership and so his i think he's just stirring up his base it's well it's exactly who it is that's out there protesting when you see pictures and video of the people who are protesting they're out there with you know the trump signs yeah. and you know it's my government can't do this to me and i can do what i want and you're impacting the economy and we're going to do what we want and they're out there pumping their their guns and their rifles in the air i'm like you know that the disrespect for authority comes from somewhere and that's from we're seeing that from the top down yeah. and it it's really disrespectful and hurtful to those other folks in Michigan that really, they have no interest in getting sick. They'd like so to live. I, you know, yeah. for those of us out there, I have, you know, I have friends and I have family in Michigan. Me too. And they were sending me links to this yesterday going, can you believe this? I was like, no, I'm, I'm actually kind of stunned. Um, Somebody sent a picture with all their faces pressed up against that window oh. next to a picture of a bunch of zombies pressed up against the window. And they were saying, there you go. This is the equal, same, same. Well, I, you know, I figured at some point the insanity would part would kick in to people being locked up at home. And we talked a little bit about it last week about how people are reacting and, and people are getting frustrated um, with other people not complying. I get frustrated with non-compliance on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, but, that, you know, when you see it, these gross movements where they're actually outside protesting, I just... I don't even know what to say. I, I, don't, I don't think either. it's something that we would see here in California. Is there know? some sort of tip in mental health that is being tracked in some way? Do you know? Um, I'm sure it's being tracked, but from my colleagues that are in the mental health space, that are my psychiatrist friends, psychologist friends, yeah, we're all seeing a big uptick and people who are complaining about stress, anxiety, depression, all of those things are really amping up as as people can't, they worry about how they're going to feed their kids, how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to pay their mortgage. Hello, yeah. Being being cooped up at home, just being away from your normal daily routine. You know, these mm -hmm. things are frustrating, and you feel, you know, when you go out and protest these things, that's your way of grabbing back a little bit of control. Because right now, we all feel like we're out of control. Thank you, because I wanted to. Well, I completely, you know, agree with the shutdown, and I think it's the right thing to do, and I think those numbers bear that out. I wanted to be a little bit of devil's advocate for the people who feel the other way that gosh darn it we need to get things reopened you know i every day i read something that doesn't necessarily push me in that direction but it makes me sympathize for that viewpoint 
you know, yeah. going back to the piece we did a couple of weeks ago that we're working on an update on, on how shelter from the storm, can't, can't the domestic violence shelter here can't take anyone new in right now. They can't have their in-person meetings. The senior centers can't reach this vulnerable population. And yeah. so a little, every day I get a little bit closer to, gosh, we got to find a way to get this open again. But then yeah. you look at the numbers and you talk to the experts and the epidemiologists and you realize, no, we can't do that yet. So I wanted to show at least a little sympathy for that other viewpoint because there is, there is a lot of damage yeah. being caused by this. It's needed, but it's 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 also damaging in its own way. So. Now, people are trapped at home. People are trapped in unsafe spaces, you know, physically and mentally, and and that's a hardship. And you know, with how this is impacting people, you know, we joke about. Um, sitting home drinking another glass of wine, but you know, is this really impacting and increasing illegal substance and, and regular substance abuse? It right. is. I mean, twenty to forty to fifty percent in some places, alcohol sales are up. So, World, Health, wow, really? World Health Organization uh, just released something about alcohol and um, your immune system and coronavirus. So, <laughs> I'm just going to take it down a notch. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm grateful for the, uh, well, I'm about to try marijuana delivery. It's time, right? I want there, apparently, it, I mean, I think a lot of people use it medicinally. I laugh when I say I'm using it medicinally because how could I notice any difference from 30 years ago when I was not using it medicinally? <laughs> but I, I ha I'm about out of pot for the first time in 30 years. And well, hey, you know, it's considered an essential business. So they've that's kept the dispensaries open. Right. It is, it feels essential. So if they were closing the liquor store, which I couldn't give a crap about, I would, I can see how people would be really upset about it. I don't know. Don't uh, mention all right, let's go to something liquor stores, Missy. More, what? Don't mention closing liquor stores. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So a it couple is. of new things that are happening. We're talking a little bit about the fact that some of the numbers may not be exactly right because they're trying to decide about probable cases and being sure that that person who died did die of coronavirus. I think that retroactively they're doing that. But is are there still people dying who are not being tested for coronavirus? Absolutely. There's, I mean, this is going to be something that they're going to be looking at for a long time after. And even in New York City, they were um, people that were dying at home. You know, at, at a certain point, they're just assuming that if these were, you know, unhealthy people, that they were probably being, you know, dying or, or healthy people dying of, of COVID from the coronavirus. So without doing autopsies, there's no way to know. They're just going to be making their best estimates as to who really contracted this and, and who got sick from it? I mean, this is we're going to be looking at this for years. And the so, and, and the re, and the uh, the reason that our numbers in the state went up by a hundred yesterday was that some counting issues, or did it really just increase by that much? As we test more, the numbers are going to yeah. go up more. So as you know, it took us a while to really get testing online. Yeah. And so the more we test, the more you know we're, we're finding that you know people are are becoming positive, not necessarily very very sick but have had exposure. So we're testing them as well if they have a certain criteria that they fall under to allow us to test them, meaning they have some immune compromising diseases, you know, cancer, diabetes, COPD, yeah. emphysema. And as they've come in contact with people, if they've had positive contact, and I'm concerned enough about them because they have either some symptoms or they're compromised, I'm testing them. So are other doctors. So I, the more we test, we're going to see those numbers go up. 
what's really important is to look at the ICU numbers and the hospital numbers and you see really how much we're being impacted that way. And so far they're, they're okay. Yeah. So I was, if you, you can pull up Dr. Mike Masiska's uh, talk yesterday when they interviewed him. And I think that's still online. You can go back and look at that. He, he did a great job of explaining where the numbers are and explaining what they're expecting for over the county. Okay. There was, there was a lot of talk in Zoom cocktail parties. <laughs> People were saying, God, you know, in um, around New Year's, I had this hacking dry cough thing that went on for weeks. Yeah. And then there was an article that came out last week. I'm sorry, I don't have my receipts, but it, it was reputable enough that it registered with me um, that we may have had Corona in California a lot earlier than we thought. Have you heard anything about that? Maybe some There's a lot of talk about it. it. Was it here back in November, December? Was it here in January? Um, it's possible, but remember, it's also cold and flu season. Right. So the, the thing is, what a lot of people um, don't know, unless it's been explained to them, is that when you get an upper respiratory infection, you get a viral infection, bronchitis, the flu, a coronavirus, you can have those symptoms, the fevers, the cough, the body aches, all, you know, the cold symptoms that are miserable all of those go, usually go away within seven to 10 days. You can have a lingering cough for six to eight weeks. That's called a post-viral cough. So that's that <coughs> annoying dry cough mm -hmm. that follows you around that makes you crazy, that people get convinced I'm still sick, I have pneumonia, what, why am I yeah. still coughing, there's something yeah. wrong. You've just irritated the inside of your lungs and it takes some time, it gradually gets better, it usually disappears within six to eight weeks. That's this, what was a, this was a bad flu about. season, wasn't it? It was Sorry, pretty this was bad. A bad flu season, wasn't it? And we're still on the tail end of it. Yep. Yeah. So we are still seeing flu. That's the issue. Is that you know differentiating COVID from the flu is pretty hard to do because the symptoms are essentially the same, and it is still flu season. So a lot of people are upset that did I have COVID? Well, you may have had your garden variety influenza as well. Yeah, I actually had somebody yesterday at a retail uh, place that will remain unnamed that I visited. And this, uh, this woman was convinced that she's already had it and she didn't need to wear a mask anymore, that she, oh she couldn't get it. Um, and, and yeah, I was, we're just going to keep hearing a bunch of that. We are going to hear, yeah. yeah, we are going to hear some of that. And, and it's so, good to, but it's good to reinforce the fact that that probably wasn't what people had back in December, November, December, January. Probably not here. No. Yeah. I know so, I personally got very sick too. And I was sick at, uh, the end of February and it had me suspicious because I was in Las Vegas for a few days and I got sick within a few days of getting home. You know, people from Las Vegas are from all over the world. So I have no idea what I came in contact with, but I don't typically get uh, sick and I get mm -hmm. vaccinated every year. I get my flu, flu vaccine every year and I haven't had a, a sickness like that since I was about 25. So you're talking about over 25 years ago. Yeah. And it made me stop and think like, you know, did I have it? I'm like, or, or maybe I also just had, and influenza because the flu shot is not 100 percent effective right. mm -hmm. so so and you had to think are the the deaths is the number 50 is that right in riverside county um it's, you know i posted something this morning i have to go back and look i don't I remember think off the top of my it's head. it's a little over 50, like 54 morning, 56 54 said yeah. that it was 50 and that 41 of the 50 people who have died are men yeah that they're seeing that, they're today, seeing that across that, the world this seems to be impacting men more than women in terms of right? mortality. People of color and men. Yeah, 
Oh, people of color is going to be um, because of a lot of other factors going right. into it and right. in terms of access to health care. So what would be the factors that would make men more susceptible is my That question. I don't know. They're looking into it. it. It's very interesting. We picked up on that very early when they started seeing the numbers. I was like, wow, there's a lot more men being infected. And you know, even though they're, they're coming into the hospitals, um, you know, for every one woman, there was like nine or 10 men coming in initially, especially in New York City. And the mortality is higher in men as well, too. So 80%, 41 out of 50, that's 80%. I'm, I'm looking at the Riverside County numbers right now. Testing is almost 50-50 male-female in terms of the number of people who have acquired it. Right. Um, it's the, the number of deaths as of now is 54. When they last upgraded the graph you're talking about, Shan, it was yesterday when the number was 50. And of the deaths, 41 were male, 9 were female. Yeah. See, I didn't realize that part at all. So they are looking into it. I haven't seen any um, hard studies come out of it yet, but they are. I know they're looking into it. They've been talking about it a lot for the past several weeks. So they started seeing those numbers in China and Italy, too. I'm sorry? Oh, I'm sorry? And I said they saw the same types of numbers in, in Italy and China. So it isn't specific to us. It's a worldwide mm -hmm. issue. No. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Laura, this, this weekend, are you going to Mathis Brothers to shop for a new couch? Oh, God. Can you believe that they, can, they are considering themselves an essential, an essential business? Jimmy, what have you heard on that? Anything? I, I, wow. Um, I don't know if I haven't heard. The last I've heard was they considered themselves an essential business. They were open. However, um, the county disagreed. I don't know if it's come to um, a blow yet. Here's the thing. I actually think you can make the case for furniture being essential. You know, yeah, we're at home. Right. We need stuff. However, going into the store to shop for it is not. That's why they have delivery service. Yeah, buy a line. So, you know, someone, someone sick could go in there and, you know, you've gone like to a furniture bed. store. It, I have to say, it's not exactly, you know, going to be a place where I think there's a large amount of a chance for, for, you know, transmitting it because they aren't very crowded. But, you know, you have someone cough on a couch and someone walks in 10 minutes later and sits in the wrong place. Boom, you've got it. I don't Furniture understand. is a big fomite. Fomites are things that carry infection, like, you know, mm -hmm. towels and clothing and, you know, furniture fabric is a big fomite. So yeah, you got sick people going in and sitting down. I'm going to try out this couch. And then yeah. next person, you know, grandma walks in for her lazy boy and she's sick. No, I think it's ludicrous. But people are going to, everyone's going to start wanting to make a case. Well, if they're essential, I'm essential. And that's, I think that's, that's where I'm going with this too. Is the it slippery seems slope. Like, right. That slippery slope of if, well, if they can open, then why can't I open my fabric shop and my, you know, or my whatever shop. Right. Um, Thanks. Something else that's hot this week is the origin blame. Yes. Right? They're saying it came from a lab. They're saying it well, didn't come from a wet market. There's like, I can't even believe how many people are in the argument. What, how do they, two things, that and contact tracing here. I mean, that is the ultimate contact tracing. Two right? hot button issues right now. Yeah. So looking back, at, they've been talking about usually the, the talk of this came from a lab comes from the conservative media. And they've been the ones who have been sort of spreading that. Right now, they're still saying it, this came from a wet market, um, you know, it, it, from bats, and then possibly another animal, and then to humans. Pangolin. A pangolin. Yeah. And so, look, so that's still the current theory, but there's so much talk like this came from a lab. Did it get released to the public accidentally? I don't know how you release things like this accidentally. 
Um, Stop. What's a know, pangolin? A, bio, a lot of conservative people I know are like, oh, it's bioterrorism. I'm like, oh, come on. Um, what is a pangolin? But, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. What is a pangolin? <laughs> I'm looking it up. It's kind of like, I don't know, is it, is it a marsupial or a rodent? Um, it's kind of like it's, an armadillo looking animal, right? Oh. Yeah, it, it is. Um, Sorry, I just could not get past that to the next thing at all. You can see that's a pangolin. They're actually kind of cute. That is head or butt? That's, I, that's a what I was, Yeah, that's, it must be a They're tag. actually kind of cute. Like an anteater. Look at them right. Yeah. Do they, have, they may have one over at the living desert, so. Yes. But the point is, is other than other than the you know the 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 effects of you know if there was something nefarious there, getting to the bottom of it, and the scientific value of of trying to figure out where it came from so we can fight this. In terms of really right now, who cares where it came from? Yes, yeah. just let's get, get rid of it. Down. Get rid of it. Yeah. yeah, but who cares where it came from here in contact tracing? And like, can we talk a little bit about like, is that going to be the new most popular job in the whole wide world for stand-up comedians are now going to be contact tracers or how? I, you know what, there's, there was, I think uh, we talked a little bit about this. I, I think Jimmy and I talked about this a little bit last week and, you know, Apple and Google are trying to come up with some apps that you could put on your phone that let you know if you come in contact with someone. I don't think it's going to fly. I mean, a, just from a, um, a personal privacy point of view, you know, letting you, people already don't want others knowing where they're going. And yeah. now all of a sudden, you know, you're out in public and you've come in contact with these other people. And how do, how do you start explaining this if you're places you're not supposed to be? Yeah. And I can't get people to tell their partners that they tested positive for gonorrhea and syphilis. You're certainly not going to put a tracing device on their phones. <laughs> to let them know where they've been, if they should have been someplace or not. Um, it talks about, you know, the articles that I've been reading are talking a lot about invasion of privacy and how this is scaring a lot of people. Well, I get I, that, but it's already happening. Like there is already a grid that's anonymous that can see where people started their day and where people ended their day based on their cell phones. And I'm not sure that it needs to be an invasion of privacy until you're under investigation and then Screw that. Well, what I another slippery slope, at the grocery store. Yeah, Papers what they're talking about is right? basically an app, is an app that would basically, by using Bluetooth, if you tested positive, you would put in that you tested positive, and it would send out anyone that you came within Bluetooth range of over the last two weeks. So it would be, at least according to the official line, it would be anonymous, it would be um you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be tracking your location the entire time it would just basically be right. the way they're around that they're talking about is by blue bluetooth blips if you came within bluetooth range of their device so it oh isn't gosh, tracking it's your location it's tracking if you came and were in the same range of someone who tested positive wait how big I is think the there's a slight chance that they might get some buy-in i'm sorry how long is the bluetooth range is well, listen, they're talking about for when, when we're reopening system. and we're and I don't know the exact answer to that. But there's this, this is you know obviously when we're all home this wouldn't really apply much. But well, this is we're talking about when we get back to the point where we're open enough to maybe have restaurants where there's six feet between the tables and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I think there's actually a chance you know they can get it to work because the thing is. In other countries, this has worked. Um, I believe, I forgive me, it's either S South Korea or Singapore that yeah. used this initially. Yep. And if they're saying this is going to go on your phone, it's not going to specifically track your location. 
and this is what's going to allow us to have jobs again and have bars again and have restaurants again, I think there's a slight chance that people might go for it. Now, this is the same country with people waving their guns in the air saying, you know, we're not going to take this. We're going back I now. I agree. Yeah. That's, well, that's the base that you're going to have the trouble with. It's going to be I tough. I think the idea that those crazy guys out there up against the windows screaming, open my business. If we were able to track that they were the one who caused their grandma and their sister and their cousin to get it, that might, I don't know. And I don't know how you eat at a restaurant with even six feet apart with like a mask on through your, Go I mean, right? In order to eat six feet apart, we have to be not wearing masks anymore either. I, we will get past this. We will. I We will be back in restaurants and going to ball games and you know, Jimmy, I miss baseball as much as you do. I read your newsletter last night, and yeah. it's it's killing me to not have my Yankees streaming every day. So, but it's we'll get there. We will get there. The question hey, I is did. when. Right. Later this year, 2021, 2022. Oh, I don't think it's going to be that far out. I I, I think we're going to see some really heroes not? rise Ze up. Zeke Emanuel, Zeke Emanuel saying 2022. And you know what? I agree with you. I think you know if this this disease can mutate into a less virulent form or these yeah, drug yeah. tests, which we're going to start hearing about any day now, the yeah, first yeah. round of, of, you know, of, of, of trials, you know, some could come along and, and, and pretty come close to fix this. So I think it's important to realize that, you know, what Zeke Emanuel and, and some of those people are talking about are, yeah. I don't want to say worst case scenarios because something else could come and you never know. And um, given how this year has gone, we don't want to challenge the universe to bring something worse. But, you know, these are close to worst case scenarios that a lot of people are talking about. And that's what I tell myself to get to sleep at night. So, so you got to, this is impacting everybody. So there's going to be a lot of brain power and money thrown yeah. out finding a fix to this. Yeah. So as, as you start seeing the cases rise up, you're going to start seeing a lot of other things rise up too. People are throwing everything at this right now. Something's going to stick. I have all the confidence in the world. Well, that's a great. good thing Thank to you. end on. That is a great yeah. thing to end on. Thank We're you We're all very crossing much. our fingers. Indeed. Dr. Laura Rush, get back to doing the good work you do. And thank you so much for I'm being on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Thanks for having me on. You guys stay safe and be good. Have a great weekend. All right. And I just wanted to, uh, before our next guest comes on, wanted to thank you, Shan Carr, for um, putting together our Easter mask contest uh, oh, on yeah. Easter Sunday. It was fun. It was thank a lot you. of fun. And uh, those people who participated... Uh, we will be sending out your prizes to you. We, we will not require you to come into the uh, office to get them. And uh, what else? I think that was about it, all I wanted to say. But just thank you very much. Thanks to Davey Wavy, who was on our show last week as well. And fun. we've got some exciting things coming up in the next couple of weeks. I know Elfund we're going to talk about next week. There's some things happening with the Elfund. Right. Well, actually, just they are available. We wanted to make sure that... You know, the, it is a service that uh, gives financial aid to women in crisis. Yep. So, and we anticipate a goodly amount of that happening. Um, and we'll put at the end of the podcast, the contact number, uh, both for the O Fund and, um, and then I'm still working on the hotline, on the women's hotline, which the first okay. week had no callers at all. Um, and then the second week had uh, a couple of callers during my shift and, and other people's shifts as well. And 
So here we go. There are people in need everywhere. So the hotline has uh, already found uh, people who are in need, and we're glad to be able to right. do that. So if we could put those numbers at the end, that'd be great. Great. Hey, I want to thank you for being my personal hotline, Shan. For what? <laughs> for anything that goes wrong in life, I have to call Shan. Oh, I'm good. I have a big life-changing announcement. You know about it. I'll tell it uh, after we talk to David Perry. Uh, something that will change life in Palm Springs forever for me. That's a teaser. I already know about it? Yes, you do. Okay. I called I you know. as soon as I got off the phone from Florida. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah, okay. So um, shall we um, welcome to the podcast David Perry? I think we should. We've got David Perry. Yay! Good morning. David, good morning. How are you? Good. What's that piece of paper behind you? The piece of paper? On the wall. <laughs> that's, my, that's my logo. You can I barely see it. it. Oh, okay. for those you win for the most beige background we've ever seen. I don't know if that's an insult or not. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's a comedian. What do you think? <laughs> I'll gay it up next time, I promise. No problem. Good. David, you've got a few things to talk about. Let's talk, let's start locally first. Sure. Because you work with uh, Asia SF and Desert Performs. Yes. Tell us what's going on with those two organizations and what the plans are. Well, so Asia SF, Palm Springs, of course, had a, a wonderful opening in February. And then a month later, well, you know, what a difference a pandemic will make. Yeah. So uh, they are planning on opening. Things are uh, in situ, as it were, kind of on hold. Uh, the ladies are ready to come back and entertain. Um, the Asia SF staff is ready to get back to work. There's no definite date yet, but right now we're looking at, uh, I would say, September-ish. So we're definitely okay. coming back. Good. Yay! Yeah. I love it. It's fabulous. We did love going there. We all went as a group, and it was a magical evening. The lights, yeah, my, the women, my, 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 the and at night, my food. husband Alfredo comes in and does the uh, the showgirls dance. You know, he... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he, Can you get him to do that right now? Yes. No, if I do that, he'll kill me. He's already upset at me now that I'm that I'm outing him on on Gay Desert Guide <laughs> as someone who does Dream Girls at night for me. It's really impressive. You should see it. He is really something. Now you're you're on the board of uh, the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce. Is that is that correct? I am. I am on the board of directors of the San Francisco Chamber. I'm actually on the executive committee. It shows you how low they were trolling to pick me up. But, uh, <laughs> no, but but all seriousness, I'm I'm the chair of the small business committee. So. You know, my job is to hopefully be the voice of the small business community in San Francisco. Of course, I've been on the GGBA uh, membership role for a long time, the Desert Business Association. And, you know, now it's more important than ever for small business to have a seat at the table, a Zoom at the table, um, because small business yeah. is being impacted by this pandemic worse than, worse than anyone. Yep. What, what can you tell us? Anything out of San Francisco that we should be watching for? Or are they leading in it? Are you, are you leading in any way that would give us some clues down well, here? Well, you know, I, I, think, I think we have to be really proud that, you know, California in general and places like San Francisco and Palm Springs in specific really took the health uh, issue seriously from the beginning, got ahead of this. You know, our curve is flatter than most places. And, you know, I, I have jokingly said that there's so many of my LGBTQ friends here in Palm Springs from my 33 years in San Francisco, I call it the Castro diaspora. So there, <laughs> there really is a connection between Palm Springs and San Francisco. And I know already friends are talking about getting down here soon. And I'm not talking about the fall. Yeah. I'm talking about as soon as people can fly down here, drive down here, go to the restaurants on Palm Canyon, Indian Canyon. They're, they're looking forward to it. I, I, 
I have great optimism when every day I see the Alaska flight take off from uh, yeah. Palm Springs and the United Once a day. flight led. Yeah. Mm. So, I, you know, just like the Berlin airlift, our, our air bridge to San Francisco, <laughs> yes. our rainbow uh, air bridge is, is in good shape. Well, I just had to do an open house and I did a virtual open house in an yeah. empty house and I was trying to sell the house to my dog because we're not allowed to show houses at all. But I said at the end of the video that I think all my friends in San Francisco, you want to be on lockdown here. In a couple of weeks, you will be hunkering down in your swimming pool. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a horrible time. But get a freaking house, get a condo here, and hunker down and survive yeah. it with a you tiny know, I, bit Oakland of like a true realtor. <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen, I, I'm an optimist. We all know that this is, is, is awful. There's no way around that. You know, I, I said to Alfredo the other day, March was like the day you get hit by a truck and knocked to the street. And April is the month you realize, oh, okay, I'm, I'm still here. I'm a little bruised. And I think May is the, the month we stand up. Is it going to be back to exactly like it was? Well, no, it never is. But I, I'm on so many Zoom meetings every week here with the hospitality group in Palm Springs with the San Francisco Chamber, the Hotel Council of San Francisco. To, uh, actually, later today, I'm doing one with Hospitality Palm Springs and in contact with people like Lisa, who is fabulous. I mean, Lisa and Mayor Coors and our, our council. Yeah. You know, we're lucky in a sense that we have a small town. We, yes. We're able to get a, hit, you know, get a hold of our, our community and political leaders, and they're listening. So yeah, Palm Springs, I think, is going to come through this better than most. And I'm sorry, Brad, you asked me about Desart Performs. They had one show left in their season, yeah. uh, Every Brilliant Thing, a one-person show. So that has just been tacked on to the beginning of the next season. I oh, spoke good. to Clark oh, and Michael yesterday. So next season will be a five-show season, not a four-show season. But more importantly, right now, I couldn't be prouder of them. Uh, Desart Performs has taken part in this Make a Mask program that was spearheaded or is being spear spearheaded by Lucy Arnez, my, my new yes. pen pal. I told her, I said, wow, I grew up watching, you know, your mom on TV. I didn't, never thought I'd be Zooming with the daughter of Lucy Ricardo. <laughs> and, 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 and Ricky Ricardo. And Ricky Ricardo, sorry, yes, Ricky. I, I wanted, David, I wanted to ask you uh, about uh, getting back to the business stuff because one of the fears that I have is that when we get to the other side of this thing, a lot of the businesses that, of course, had to close down by, you know, mandate may not ever open up again. Are, are the things in place like the SBA loans and, uh, you know, the, the stimulus, are those things going to keep those businesses afloat so that they, they open? I'm seeing a shaking head from... No, no, no. I'm, I mean, that is the thing that everyone wants to know. I mean, you know, we've applied for anything we can, like every other small business, and everything I'm hearing, both from the chamber you know, our bankers, is that the phrase you used is right. The mechanism is in place, but it's taking a while to get through the pipeline. So I have confidence that all the people that need the assistance will have access to it. Right now, it's just, you know, you're, you're calling, you're on the phone for a half an hour, two hours sometimes. My advice would be that don't try to do it by yourself. There are a lot of webinars out there with links to how you navigate this because it's complex, even for people like us who use technology a lot. My advice would be if you have a bank account with Bank of America or Wells or wherever you do, go down, banks are open, find a living person to sit down with you, socially distance, of course, and go through this. 
or call them on the phone. Don't try to figure this out by yourself. The Palm Springs Chamber of Commerce has links to a lot of resources. I know Gay Desert Guy has posted some incredible links. Also, Jimmy at, at CD Independent and the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce, the same. Go the same. Don't try to do this yourself. Find a step-by-step -step template how to apply for this assistance. Yeah, de uh, desertbusiness.org, the Desert Business Association. Uh, Dave Powell has put together a full um, uh, resource page on that site as well. So there's some good information there. Um, so uh, let me, let me uh, uh, pivot a little bit. Let's talk uh, globally. You're in touch with some people around the world. Uh, tell yeah. me what's going on across the pond. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, I'm so proud of people who I'm seeing write poetry and fiction during this period. I just, I'm not able to put into language yet how I feel. I, it, you know, we're still living it. Alfredo and I got back from Spain literally three days before the country lockdown. Um, we got here and, you know, it was, everyone was talking about it. It was very weird on the plane, uh, but we got back and now we have seen how it's impacted Italy, where we spend a lot of time every year. Alfredo's parents and brother are in Spain and they're very much on lockdown. So, you know, there's these articles about, hi, it's getting better in Spain. It's getting better in Italy. Well, by better, they mean the, the death rate is slowing and essential businesses are open, but you know, my brother-in-law, Carlos, has been in his apartment for over a month. They can only go out to the store and come right back. They can't walk around like we can in Palm Springs. Same thing in Italy. They're on day 38 of a lockdown. Their morale is really good. You know, uh, I'm, I'm so proud of Spain and Italy because they've both really been countries that have shown us that in the midst of great pain, they're not losing that wonderful European sense of, of joy. And I've heard them all say the same thing. They want to travel to the United States, and I've heard the same thing from our friends here. They want to get back on a plane and get to Spain and Italy. We want them to come to the United States and bring a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have a friend in London who has been a comfort to many, many people with his, uh, with his fabulous books and, and uh, columns in uh, the Chronicle over the years, and also being a storyteller. He's been reading to people. Tell us about your buddy in London that you've been checking in with. You know, that, that, that's so funny. So, you know, 30 years ago, when I was young, I started writing in Washington, D.C., and I went into uh, a bookstore, and uh, Richard Labonte, who ran it, said, oh, you know, you should really, since you're moving to San Francisco, call Armistead Maupin. I said, I, I just can't call Armistead Maupin. It's, you know, Armistead Maupin. He said, no, here's his number. So I called him, and out of that came a friendship. And Armistead and I have been friends for many years. He and his husband and Alfredo and I had dinner just a year ago this month before he moved to London. And about a month ago, we chatted. Uh, I was very honored. Armistead gave me actually a quote for my novel, which is coming out later this month. And the next day, he started reading. And people started calling me and saying, well, you know, is Armistead going to continue this? Well, he did. And the San Francisco Chronicle has interviewed him about what he calls readings with Uncle Armistead. He sits there. He reads books of poetry. And last week, he actually read the first chapter of the next Tales in the City book called Mona of the Manor. For those of you oh who remember the gosh. lesbian character Mona Ramsey, yes. Yes. she moved to London, married a... Uh, a gay in the closet uh, aristocrat. And so this book, Mona of the Manor, is evidently set in 1993. And Armistead read the first chapter of it the other day. So I urge oh you to go to his God. Oh We're going to find that. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, that's, a, that's a, a headline for you. There you go. But it, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, California time. 
is when he reads. And you just okay. go and he, there he is on Facebook Live. Story Hour with Uncle Armistead. That's Story awesome. Hour with Uncle Armistead. He's such he's our gay national treasure. Love him. You know, last week, last week we read Love, Valor, and Compassion. Oof. Um, in honor to the loss of him. And uh and then we did a live reading of Love is Strange. And uh so we've been doing some of that sort of craziness too. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, my, my friend Anthony always used to say it's uh, it's an ill wind that doesn't blow someone some good. And it's hard to see any good out of all this. But it's there. there is something that's going to come positive out of this. And it reminds me a bit of those of us, all of whom are here, who lived through the AIDS pandemic. Yeah. There was a sense of community. And the sense of community that's being built now, I mean, through Zoom or just on the street, uh, when I walk out to get the mail, if I see our neighbors, they smile and say hello. I mean, well, I think they're smiling. I can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> right. there, there is this sense of coming together. And I don't think this is optimism. I think this is reality. I think that's going to stay with us. You don't go through something like this as a whole community, as a whole no. planet, and not come out realizing really what's important. David Perry, thank you very much. Can we pre-order the book on Amazon? You have a novel? Oh, well, I love you for asking that question. And I didn't <laughs> plant it. Yes, you can pre-order my book now. It's called Upon This Rock. It is a murder mystery, or a mystery, I should say, set in Orvieto, Italy, with two main characters, a young public relations person from San Francisco and his husband from Spain, and they bear no resemblance at all to anyone I know. All right. Thank David you. Perry, thank you so much, and I really appreciate the info on the business. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. All right. Thank you, Dave Perry. And uh, now I wanted to talk to Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent. Jimmy's doing the Lord's work. He uh, got uh, uh, the, the Facebook um, grant and congratulations again Thank on you. that. Um, but Jimmy, you know, really in this period, you are doing absolutely great journalism. I'm so proud that you were able to step up and make all this happen. Thank you. Uh, love the daily newsletter. Tell us, uh, just to give us a kind of a capsule of what's coming up and maybe some things that they uh, may, may have missed in the newsletter in the last couple of days. Sure. Well, um, my staff and my freelancers have got some amazing things that they're working on. You know, everything from from hard journalism. Um, you know, we've got an interview with Raul Ruiz coming up. We've got um, an update on a piece that we did uh, three or four weeks ago about the various domestic violence agencies in town and how they're handling this. Um, we've also got some fun stuff as well. Kevin Carlo, our cocktail columnist, actually wrote a piece that was posted yesterday on pickling and sauerkraut and ways to make sure that you don't waste any of those vegetables, those precious vegetables you've got in your fridge. He even has something you can do with the tips and the stems that you cut off and save them and turn them into something delicious. Um, okay. The other thing we've got uh, is starting tomorrow, um, our coloring book project that we did in conjunction with Create Center for the Arts and the UPS stores, we're going to be putting it on sale. It's going to be either a 24 or 28 page coloring book. Um, we'll be selling uh, PDF downloads of it for $20. You can get the download and the physical copy for 30. And basically what this is, is this is art from Coachella Valley artists, as well as some CV independent photos we have turned into coloring book style art. And it's going to be, some of the images are absolutely beautiful. We'll, um, mm -hmm. I'll have a little bit of a sneak preview tomorrow when it goes on sale. Um, but it's going to be, it's a really fun project and it's cool and it benefits the independent, the Create Center for the Arts, which is doing amazing work printing um, PPE equipment for various doctors, a lot, a lot of the face shields. And um, it's also the artists that participated will get a chunk of the money as well.
So great. That is so cool. So you go to cvindependent.com, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, it'll be sent into your inbox every week. And you follow CV Independent on Facebook. And you every get Every day now, actually, five or six days a week. So that is awesome. You're working hard. I look forward to it, Jimmy. Thank you. I, I have some earth shattering news that is going to change life in Palm Springs for me forever. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Say it. I don't know this. I don't know. I got a call from Jacksonville, Florida. Mom said, you know, I've come to a decision. I don't think I should live 900 miles away from family anymore. So I'm going to move to Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Congratulations. Is she taking the second bedroom? No, 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 no. She oh, said, well, do you think we could be roommates? I said, nope, nope. we could be neighbors. <laughs> Maybe not in the same zip code. No, actually. No, I'm excited. And it's her decision. We were, our, you know, her kids, we were talking about is it. It like, you know, we're going to tell her. But she came, she came to the decision that's, herself. That's huge. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. We're all at that place in our lives where yeah. our parents are at that place in our lives. So the fact that she wants to be near you and you can be is a gift. As sarcastic as I love to be about that stuff, you'll be happy knowing that you can check on her for real. Yeah. That's awesome. So I yeah. said, we're going to look with, with, within uh, two miles of the 92262 zip code. Because okay. I don't want you in La Quinta. I don't want to no. commute to go and have a cup of coffee with you. But anyway, so that's that's going to change. But I wow. think a lot of people are changing their view of the world. They absolutely and are. So I just want to say quickly that the women's community is coming together for a couple of things. We do have a hotline that's available from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The phone number is 760-416-3545. Um, and we can help you find errands and assistance and groceries and connect you with services and and help you figure out your uh, your subsidy. Oh, very good. Thank you, John Taylor. <laughs> and then also um, l-fund.org. Yeah. Uh, the L Fund is a seven-year-old organization now in the Valley that gives financial aid and assistance to women in crisis. So l-fund.org. And it's not like a big, long process. Somebody will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours with a real live answer. These and are my graphics. Are Hotline and uh, no expense spared. Wow, we are high tech, man. <laughs> but the good news is you can spell right. I can't tell you how many times on our local newscasts I see spelling mistakes in the Chiron. It's 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 pretty funny sometimes. Like so, I can't help but just wonder, like the comedian brain that won't stop. The idea that our city is so low makes me wonder if it's because we have a whole town that's already taking antivirals. Like, we may be the super, I don't know, I'm just saying, it, it crossed my comedic brain. Not, not to put the kibosh on that, but, you know, well, you're looking at Palm Springs. The whole Coachella Valley is actually doing fairly well, and the whole Coachella yes, Valley I is not on antivirals. And obviously only, you know, a small portion of Palm Springs relatively is on antivirals. So, well, and I do have two friends who are on antivirals who tested positive yeah. and, uh, and they have they, come through the other side. What? But they actually are looking at some antivirals yeah. as some potential treatments for this. So, so yes and no. <laughs> I know. I was just oversimplifying yeah. and sarcastic. Sorry, sorry. Overthinking is what we're all doing. Stop yeah. bursting her bubble. Sorry. We are all overthinking. And that's, that's we've got a lot of time to overthink everything. Yeah, and I have two more friends who have made it through the virus and out the other side yeah, and uh, successful and healthy. Fantastic. Medical industry and a travel industry coupled together, you know, okay. no surprise. 
Yeah. All right. Shall we do the shout outs for our yeah. takeout, uh, takeout shout out. supplying actual restaurant food to us for curbside pickup and or delivery? Sure. I will go Please. first. Um, last weekend, uh, Garrett uh, went and picked up food from Paul Barr. Um, which has got one of my favorite uh, decors in town. Unfortunately, we can't experience that right now. But uh, we actually, I got their steak and frites and it was delicious. Garrett got their chicken schnitzel. The thing that I was really excited about though was, and I was skeptical about this, they have excellent cocktails there, including a, a fantastic black Manhattan. Yeah. It's listed, you can actually get their Manhattan. It's listed for $19 on their website, which sounds a little pricey, but it's important to note that is a mason jar of Manhattans. So it's about <laughs> the equivalent of approximately three Manhattans. So when you think about Sold. three high quality Manhattans for 19 bucks, it, it was great. I am a professional Manhattan drinker. And let me tell you, I did not even try to get through that jar in one night. Otherwise it would have been a rough day the next morning. Well, we were but, uh, on a call. Bar was fantastic. We were so on do a you call. get sort of brusque yeah. curbside service too? Yes. Yep. They're doing curbside service. You call, and like I said, it's when they when they bring you a jar of Manhattans, it's just going to be a lovely night. Oh, good. Okay. All right, I'm going to throw in uh, one that has uh, now started up their uh, uh, curbside pickup. One of my favorite restaurants, and certainly a pillar of our community here in hashtag I Love Gay Palm Springs, Lulu California Bistro is uh, doing a special takeout menu starting tonight. Yes. Starting today. Well, Very and exciting. actually, that was the first thing as soon as I heard Lulu, because I am sort of an addict of their ahi tuna tower and their oh, ceviche. Yeah. So I don't know if they're on the menu. Drum roll. I'm going to be looking. And if that's the case, that'll be my dinner tonight. I'll be going with the pork chop. All right. I dream uh, about I, that pork chop. Oh, I love that's a And that's, oh, it's a thick, thick, yeah. thick, thick cut pork chop there. So we're really happy to see them back. Um, and then uh, 849, a uh, shout out to Willie. Um, you know, they lost a lot of business from catering, obviously, and that's a big yeah. space to keep open. So um, that's a place I'm going to be going in the next couple of days to do carryout. Um, and, you know, just I love the bar menu there. You know what I'm you know what I'm craving and I don't know if I'll be able to get it. What? is the um the lobster roll so the i get the lobster roll on lettuce there instead of on the roll all the time and that's the number one thing i was craving from there too mm, all right well we'll check and see if that's on their menu too all right gay desert guide brad fur thank you for everything you do go to gaydesertguide.com and check out uh the uh, website also the facebook group and jimmy bogle the cvindependent.com website. I really recommend everybody get on that newsletter. Just uh, sign up your email and uh, have it delivered to your box. Thank you. I love you, boys. And Shankar, thank you thank for everything. You, You're going to be my um, just, I don't know, psychologist, psychiatrist, friend. Good. Love you. Tough task, Shan. <laughs> Help me. My mother's moving here. Help oh, me. Geez. Oh I can threaten you with mine. It'll make you feel better. It's a support group. That's what it is. And we all want to support each other. And thank you so much for listening and or viewing the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. We'll be back maybe with some more fun events and definitely next Thursday here on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.